been a it's been a, a fun few days here. I don't I, I don't know if you are uh, aware or active in what we're doing here at, at Emmaus Road Church, but we have invited you and and to read along with us. And we're gonna we've been we start on Thursday and we're reading the Bible in ninety days. And what we're doing is is we post the um, passages on Facebook or. I can even, I think they're, in the, they're also in the bulletin, but you know when, when, we, when we take our Bibles and we, and we get rid of the study Bible portion of it and we take out all the footnotes and we do everything, the Bible ends up looking like this, okay? And, and it's not as big and it's not as daunting of a task. And, and, and so what we decided was we're going to do the Bible in 90 days and, and we're going to read and we've set up the, the pages for you to read along with us. And, 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 and then on Sundays, when you come, we're going to preach on that. So, so if, if, if you're reading along, you're going to get a message that from something you had read earlier in that week. And, and if you're not reading along, then you're going to get a message from the text either way. Okay? So, but we, here's what I said on, on a video to people. Don't feel like you have to do every day. Don't, it's not a burden. But, but join us and read when you can. Anytime we spend in God's Word is good. Anytime we spend in God's Word is a blessing to us. So with that, uh, we're going to get started here this morning. Like I said, we started on Thursday, and, and, and I jumped into this and, and, and started reading, and then I, I, I did something kind of foolish. Um, my kids had said, hey, we're, we're, we're going to read too. And I said, oh, really? You know, because it takes me an hour to read each day, and, and, and maybe I'm a little bit slower of a reader, I don't know. But, but my kids said they were going to do it, so I said to them, hey, you know, if, if, if you do it, and this is probably one of those things I shouldn't have said, but I said, <laughs> I said, if, if you do it for each day you do the reading, I'll give you a dollar. <laughs> I'll even read it to you, and if you sit there and, and, and read it with me, then I'll still give you the dollar. And, and, and so, so I'm telling you this because uh, someday I'm going to have to have a conversation with God because the Bible is not PG. I mean, I don't, think, I don't know what I was thinking about when I said this to my kids because um, on the second day of the reading, we're discussing circumcision, and my kids look up to me and say, what's that? <laughs> and, and I'm bald, and I can feel the beads of sweat being pushed out the top of my scalp, and, and, I'm, like, and I'm like, I'm about to explain circumcision to my kids. And you might think, well, that's not that big of a deal. But then next thing you know, you're talking about some guy who sleeps with a prostitute. What's that, Dad? <laughs> no! Man! So we've had some really cool, converse interesting conversations lately. And if I were going to say one thing to you, you guys, are in, you guys are blessed today because I'm not going to explain to you circumcision. <laughs> okay? Uh, we're going to bypass that part. And, and, but the hard part about this has been this, is like, like I want to preach on all of these texts. And, and, and this week, I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to preach from, a, um, from Genesis chapter 2, and we'll get there in a second. But like, like this text is so, so cool. And, and it, anyways, hold on, let me not say that part yet. Hold on, let's wait a second. But one of the things that when we're sitting there, when I'm teaching my kids and we're reading through the Bible, you know, there was this one passage where uh, this girl, Dina, gets taken advantage of and, and her brothers go, and they get revenge, and they go, and they kill every male in the village. Not the one person who, who took advantage of the sister, but all of them. And, my, and one of my kids was, it was actually Ian. It was Ian. Hopefully he doesn't mind me saying this. Ian just looks up to me and goes, that wasn't necessary. <laughs> and I'm like, I know. I, I know. Uh, 
And, and, but, but it's pointing something out. When, when you read this, you get to the point where you start to see the sinfulness of man. All the scripture points us to Jesus and a need for a Savior in Genesis is no different. The sin only gets worse and worse. And let's just start. What was Adam and Eve's big mistake? What's their big sin? Okay, it's ate from the tree, but if I'm going to say a little bit different. Anybody want to give me a crack at this one or another one? Disobedience to what? To God's what? Word. There you go. Sin can always be broken down into disobedience to God's word, to us not hearing God's word and doing our own plan. Any of you guys ever messed up doing your own plan? <laughs> you know, that speaks to us. And, 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 and it gets worse and worse as we're going through the book of Genesis. And, 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 and it's like man's sin, it says in Genesis, becomes worse and worse where they're always thinking about evil thoughts. And then we get to this story, and this story is what makes it's, it's, it's actually a beautiful story. So let's, let's start, let's pray, and then we're going to get started. So, uh, dear Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for your word to us. Thank you for the way you speak. May you speak, may your Holy Spirit speak to our hearts, minds, and souls. Have your way in this room and in our lives, Lord Jesus. Amen. All right, let's read. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 2, feel free to read along in your Bibles, look on your phones, or close your eyes and just take the story in, okay? So here we go. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to them, he said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain. I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son, Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servant, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, the wood or the fire and the wood are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about Abraham, or about, told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranging the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to, anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by his horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the place the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities 
of their enemies. And through your offspring, this is a good one, and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Then Abraham returned to his servants, and they set off together for for Beersheba, and Abraham stayed in Beersheba. Woo! What a text. That's, I'm going to be honest with you, that's one of those texts that there's times when I read it, I'll read the text, and I'll honestly think this. I hate this text. I hate it. And, 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 I, and I hate it because, because of what God is asking of Abraham. Am I the only one who feels that way? Like, God, why would you ask Abraham to do something that's completely against everything you stand for? And, and, and I get it's a test. And, and, and the test is this. Will we always go back and trust God's word to us? Will we always go back and trust God's word to us? And, and, and because when you, when, you, when you think about that and you look through, at it through this, this lens, then you get a, a big, beautiful picture in this chapter from the Old Testament. So let's go through it. We're going to start here uh, with verse 22, um, so, or chapter 1, but chapter 22, verse 1. Sometime later, God tested Abraham, and he said to Abraham, and he said, he said to him, Abraham, and he replied, here I am. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. I want us to start off by looking at the relationship of Abraham and God, because this isn't the first time that Abraham and God um, have, have chatted. The first time comes in Genesis chapter 12, and I think I have a slide on that one. Um, and it, I think I have a slide. Yeah, there we go. And it says, you know, the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country, your people, your father's household, to the land I will show you. And when you look at this, you guys can leave, we'll leave this up here for a second. But what this is, is, is this is God looking at Abraham and God calling Abraham out of where he is. And he says, Abraham, and, 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 when, when, and when Jewish people kind of talk about this story, they look at it a little bit, they, they would say this is more of a dialogue. And it kind of went something like this. Abraham, the Lord said, Abraham. Abraham responds, says, here I am. And then the Lord says, go. And he says, <clears throat> okay, I will go. I'll just go over here to, you know, not too far away. And he's like, no, I want you to, to leave your country. You're like, leave my country? Whoa, okay. Well, then I'm going to take everybody with me. And he's like, no, you're going to go and you're going to leave your family. And it's like a, a, a little bit of a banter back and forth. Not banter, but just like a dialogue. And, it, and it's, it's, it's like, go from your country. So you have to go not, and, and leave your country, leave your people, leave your father's household, and you need to go to the land I show you. And it says why. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And it goes on. And in this passage, the Lord is talking to Abraham, and, and, and God is calling him. But more importantly, and this is where we're, gonna, we're, we're moving to, God is calling Abraham to what? Hear his word to him. The word to Abraham is to go, right? And Abraham is sitting there, and the question is, will he hear God's word, and will he trust God's word to him, right? So this week I've been listening to, I was listening to a podcast called 40 Minutes in the Old Testament, um, and, and I, I, I actually stole a bunch of their material, so don't go listen to it because then you'll know where I got my sermon from. But, but the reality is that God is calling him out of his area, away from his family, out of his country, because he's going to make him into a great nation. And here's the part that we need to see. I want you to see something in this. So 
and I'm going to jump ahead of my sermon, so I might, I might go back over this a little bit. But here's what God's doing. God is saying, Abraham, I want you to go, and I want you to go over there. And the reason I want you to go is because I'm going to do something through you, and I don't want anybody else to take credit for the work I'm about to do. Because he says, I, the, the, the person who's doing the work here, I, God, I am going to do something. I'm going to make you a blessing to all the nations. I, I, I. It's what God's going to do. And, 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 if, and, if, and if Abraham stayed where he was, it would have been like this. Well, Abraham was already a part of a, a people group. I mean, what did God do? God really didn't do that, anything that great. And, 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 and what we want to see here is the work of God, that he honors his word. That, that, so he, Abraham is being taken completely out of it, and he's going to a new place with, with, with very little, only what God allows him to take with him. Okay? So, so we're going to go on from there. And, then, and so, so Abraham leaves, and after Abraham leaves, we get to like Genesis chapter 15, and, and, and there uh, Abraham has already accumulated a ton of wealth and a bunch of stuff, and, and God talks to him again. But this time Abraham says to God, what more can you give me? You know, like everything I have, I'm going to leave to a servant. I have no offspring. And then God says, man, that's not the way it's going to work. He says, from your own body, there will be a, 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 a heir, an, an heir to your, to, 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 to your family. And Abraham says in verse 6, Abraham believed the Lord and credited to him as righteousness. Some time goes on and Abraham and his wife get impatient. They, they don't trust God's word to them as much. So they get a little bit impatient because they're getting older in age. I think at this time, I think, I could be off by a little bit on this. He's 90 and she's 80 or he's 98 and she's like 88 somewhere in that ballpark, okay? And, 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 and they're older and and. And they're like, man, we're not having kids. And, and, and Abraham's wife says, hey, go sleep with my maidservant, and, she'll, and, and maybe she, we can preserve the family line through her. So he goes and he does this. But that wasn't God's plan for them. And God says, hey, even though you went outside of my plan, I'm still going to bless Isaac and turn him into a nation. But listen, I'm going to keep my promise to you. And through you, like I said, I'm going to bless the nations. Okay? So then... At the age of 100, he's 100, she's 90. God fulfills his promise, and then you have the miracle child. You have this baby. And that was, and, and, and I want you to think about this. When it seemed impossible, and, and, and what you were looking at is you're looking at a timeline of the impossible, Okay? the things that don't seem like they could ever work, there's where God is working because then he gets the credit because then you learn to trust his word. You know what I mean? If, if, if everyday life happens and I always trust Brandon to provide for Brandon, you know, and, and there's never a time when I'm really depending upon God, then I don't really trust God. So God says, hey, Abraham, just keep my word Keep it close. Keep, put it in your heart. Put it in your mind. Put it in your soul. Hold on to my word. Hold on to my words to you. Don't escape them. Don't leave them. So when Abraham is 100 and he's worn out and he's an old man and, and, and he's, he has some, some words about his wife too. He calls her old or, and barren and, and I, I, maybe the word was dried up. I don't really remember. It wasn't positive. He says, oh, then you're going to bless me with a kid? 
Yes, then. Because then you, it's no longer something you're doing, but it's something that I'm doing in and through you. So you have this, this miracle child, right? You, you have this, this kid that you've longed for. This is the same thing like my, my sister wanted a kid for like 12 or 13 years. They were trying and trying and trying. Um, I know, I feel really bad for my brother-in-law. Um, there it is. Thank you. I got one giggle. Okay, anyways. But, you know, you, and then you, 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 you try forever, and then you finally get pregnant. And then, in that moment, God says, I want it back. Sacrifice it to me. And if you're Abraham, what are you thinking? <laughs> no, no, not if you're Abraham. If you're Brandon, how about that one? I'm sitting there going, not a chance. Dude, not a chance. I love my rugrats. When they keep me up, I love them. When they don't listen to me, I still love them. You know, when they, when they suck my money out of my wallet, I still love them. Isn't that how it goes? We love them. And, and so, 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 but not Abraham. This is, this is the cool part. Uh, Hold on one second. But, but for Abraham, he does something else, you know. It says, when you look at the text that we're reading, if you look at, I think, verse 3, it says, Abraham rose up the next morning, packed the donkey, cut the wood, and made sure he had everything he needed. Man, Brandon Payne would have beat around the bush. I would have said to myself, he didn't say when. I, I, I would have went on the three-day journey and been like, oops, forgot the wood, had to do this another time. Oops, forgot the fire, just have to make the fire. I would have done everything I could to wait for God to change his mind. I would have read into every little sign to think, oh, nope, God changed his mind. He didn't, say, he didn't actually say that, but not Abraham. Abraham gets up, he, he, he packs the donkey, he gets the wood, he does everything he needs, he brings two servants along, and I want you to think through that too. He brings two servants along, and in my mind, I think, oh, he's bringing those servants along because he's a hundred, and if he needs help, they're going to be there to help him. Abraham is doing what he's always done, and is he's trusting God's word to him. He trusted it when he left his home. He's trusting it now. This is why we have, we have failed so bad in life because we, we, we run from God's word. We make up our own um, in, uh, intelligence. We make up our own ways to make sense to ourselves. And this is where Adam and Eve failed. This is where we see people fail through all of scripture. This is where we fail. My friends, God's word to us gives life and leads us in life. It is, it is why we did the Word series, and it's why now we're doing the Bible in nine days, so that you can read God's Word, and in it you will see that He is more than able and more than capable to not just take you along, but to, to sustain you and give you an abundance in life. Spiritually, spiritually, He's done more than enough to give you a life beyond this one. So they go on their journey, and they're three days into this journey, and he sees the place that, uh, that, um, that God is calling him to. And I want you to think about this. Think about this journey for three days. If I'm on the three-day journey, I'm thinking, how many times am I, am I thinking, am I doing the right thing? Uh, should I turn around? Um, I'm, I, I, I'm doing all this second-guessing. And you know what? There's probably even a part of me that says, man, I wonder what I did wrong for God to ask me for this. 
Why is he taking away the thing that I love? What have I done wrong? But not Abraham. On the third day, Abraham looked up and he saw the place in the distance. Again, the place where they were going is called Moriah. This is pretty cool. Um, I, want sh- uh, I think I have a, a slide for this one too. Yeah, it's right here. Uh, but it says, on the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Now, this place, Moriah, is, 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 is important, and, and I want you to see something here. Uh, what I want you to see is this. First, the first sacrifice we see here is this is where God has called Abraham to go and sacrifice his son. And we're going to talk about that just for briefly at the end, too. But there's another time when King David had sinned against the Lord and done something wrong, and, and people were dying, and, and this was the place where David came, and he made an offering. He had a burnt offering sacrifice, this very location. So there's another sacrifice. The next one is this is where Solomon, after David disobeys God, then Solomon gets to build the temple for God, and when he builds the temple, this is the same location that the temple's built, and this is where they do all the sacrifices to God. So you see a history of sacrifice, right? And this one spot, but the ultimate sacrifice comes, and this is the same place that Jesus gets crucified. This is the same place. So, we move on, but see, he sees the place, and, he, and this is what he says to the servants. I think there's a slide for this one, too. He says, verse 5, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship, and we will come back to you. Do we see the word we? You guys see it? What does that mean? When he says, we will come back to you, what is he saying? Me and the boy will be back. So Abraham is trusting God's word. He's trusting God's character. He knows that when he comes back, he will come back with his son. At this point, you know, we wonder, like, what's Abraham thinking? You know, like, like what's going through his mind? But then we get to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17 and 19, okay? And this is what it says. This is what it says. This is the New Testament. This is hundreds of years later. This is the New Testament. This is what it says. By faith, Abraham, when tested, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Verse 19. Did I not put verse 19 up there? I'm going to read it to you. Here's what it says. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And in so in manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the death. So he trusted that even if he was sacrificed, somehow God would raise him from the dead. Abraham took food, food or wood for the burnt offering and he placed it on his son and he has his son, when they see this spot, he loads his son's back, that's how I picture it, with wood and they're carrying the wood up to the place where he is about to be sacrificed. And here's what I want you to get an image of. I want you to get an image of Jesus carrying the cross, Jesus carrying the wood to the place where he would be sacrificed. That's the imagery in this text. That's what makes this this text go from, man, I hate this text, to, oh man, that's pretty legit. And and, and Isaac is carrying the wood up, and it says says that his father is carrying the the stuff to um, the knife and the fire. So here's what you get a picture of. 
you get a, an imagery of this. You have an imagery of, of Isaac carrying the wood slash the cross, and you get a picture of, of, of his father with, with the, the knife and the fire, but then the other imagery we get is we get Jesus carrying the cross and his father carrying the nails and the hammer. The fire and wood are here, Isaac said, his son. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered him, God himself will provide for it, my son. That's what he says. God himself will provide for it. He lays his son out. He raises his hand. And then Abraham hears this. Abraham, Abraham! Which means father of many sons. That's what Abraham means. Don't do it. Don't lay a hand on the boy, he said to him. I know that you fear me because you have not withheld from me your only son. The angel of the Lord intercedes. The word for angel here in Hebrew, just so you guys know, the word for angel here is, I have a slide for this. There it is. Malak. You know, I, I think that's how you say it because I'm not a Hebrew ex, ex, expert, but it's Malak. And the thing that's really cool about this is it's the messenger, the Malak of the Lord, the messenger of God, the Father, Okay. And in this text, it says, and this is like part of the cool part about the text again. Um, let me go back to my first page here. It says this. But the angel of the Lord called out from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am. Do not lay a, a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now that I know you fear God because you, and listen to this, this is the, the Malak, the messenger of God the Father. Now I know that because you have not withheld from me. Who's the me? No. Yes, God the Father is in the story. This is the story. This is the messenger of the Father. This is the, is, is the second part of the Trinity. This is Jesus. Even, even Justin the Martyr from the earliest writers point back to this text and they say this is Jesus in the text. Jesus is the messenger of God the Father. And that's why he says, he doesn't say you didn't withhold it from God. He said you didn't withhold your son from me. And it lays out this imagery for us that Jesus intercedes for Isaac. And you want to know this is awesome? Because Jesus intercedes for us in the same way that he intercedes with eyes for Isaac. Isaac wasn't enough. Isaac couldn't do it on his own. This text is about Jesus interceding for us to be our sacrifice. And the best part about this was that Abraham, Abraham trusted God to be the deliverer for Isaac. He trusted God to be the deliverer of all of the stuff that he promised to him. My question for you today is this. Do you, do you trust in the promises that God has for you? Is his word good? Is his word true? Is his word able to redeem? Is his word able to cleanse? When we look out and we see our kids, do we trust God with our kids? God loves my kids more than me. They're his. So do you trust the promise that his word goes out and does not come back void? Do we trust that, 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 that he is the one who says, I will pay for your sins on the cross? Do we trust it? And Abraham says, and everything he has, when he raises that up, 
I trust. I trust that you can bring back the, the, the living from the dead. And the best part about this text is that God never asked us to do something that he himself wouldn't do, and then Jesus goes to the cross. God does for us what he asked Abraham to do but stopped him. God sacrifices his son for us on the cross in the same place. For you and for me. Amen? Amen.